I'm a man, when he was young and in school, he wasn't uh, so big, and uh, every day a bully would demand his lunch money and take it from him. <clears throat> he decided to fight back. He decided he would start taking karate lessons, but the karate instructor wanted $5 an hour. So he found it was cheaper to pay the bully and gave up karate. <clears throat> I don't know if you understand it or not, but I'm here today to tell you that we all have a bully, a bully that perhaps in our world today we don't always think about. In fact, uh, a lot of times if people uh, claim to be enlightened or claim to be intelligent, they don't believe in the existence of the bully. But the New Testament is clear that beyond the three dimensions that we can feel and see in this world, there is a fourth dimension, a fourth dimension which is spiritual. And in this spiritual dimension, there is God and his son, Jesus Christ, and his Holy Spirit and his angels. And there is Satan and his legion of demons. And there's a massive spiritual battle going on 24-7. And all of us have a choice. Will we fight the bully and his forces and all the consequences that he brings to bear? Or will we compromise? Will we pay him just to get along? We've come to the end of our study in Ephesians chapter 6, and, and I love the end of this book. The end of this book is telling us that, that we need to be engaged in the battle, and that we all have the capacity to be armed and dangerous in the spiritual battle that's all around us. But it is a conscious choice to fight, fight we must. The first thing I want to share with you from this passage is it says to us to be strong, to be strong. Verses 10 through 12, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is a declarative statement, a series of statements there. They are not to be disputed that we have this battle that we all must fight. And understand this, this passage teaches us that our strength comes from the Lord. Our strength must Come from the Lord. And Joshua, uh, I love the way the book begins in Joshua chapter 1. Moses, the great leader and protector of the people of Israel, has passed away. Yet still they are to take the promised land that God has provided after all their years of wandering in the desert. And Joshua assumes command. He becomes the leader after Moses passes away. Then in Joshua chapter 1, several times, He says to his people as he addresses them, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because the 
victory is hard fought because the battle will be tough. Understand this, friends, we have a deep reservoir of strength that can come from the Lord. But if we seek to fight these battles with our own power, if we seek to fight these battles with our own might, we will be in trouble. It is from the Lord that we draw our strength. The ultimate power is spiritual, is what I would share with you. You see, our bodies, when we're young, they have all kinds of of muscle-building hormones and proteins that that make us strong and and, uh, our endurance is great. As we get older, our bodies in the aging process begin to break down that muscle and and we we get uh, to the point where our muscles fail us. But the person who has a reliance, a strong faith in the Lord can be the strongest they ever are on the day that they pass away. Strength from the Lord does not decrease necessarily with age. Strength from the Lord can grow every day of our life. Strength from the Lord is what we need in the battle. For it's a battle in unseen places. It's a battle that that we can't actually see going on. There's no CNN footage, no Fox News coverage of the spiritual battle that's going on, but make no mistake it is. Some of us today are here weary from the battle. Maybe we didn't even know or realize we were in it. See, I think that's a big problem a lot of us have is, is that we don't remember or we don't think about this spiritual dimension and the spiritual battle that's going on, but we feel the effects Some of us are weary because of the consequences of our sin or other sin around us. Some of us are grieving because the consequences of our sin are the consequences of other sin that affected us. In these cases, it is only with the Lord's power and strength that we can rise and we can stand And we can fight. Be strong and courageous. It is a command both from the book of Joshua and from the book of Ephesians to you. And it tells us what? To put on the full armor of God. Lance Curtis, we just saw, married Elizabeth, both serve us in the U.S. Army. And when they go to battle, as he was saying, he just came back from his third tour, battle tour in Afghanistan. They are equipped... For the battle. They have equipment that has been designed to protect them. And also equipment that has been designed to enable them to have victory over our enemies. The same thing is true for the believer. The scripture here tells us that we all have equipment, armor that God has given us. Now the writer here, Paul, was thinking about the armor perhaps of the Praetorian soldiers of the Roman government, their equipment's a little different than the U.S. Army equipment of 2014. But equipment it was. If you've seen a picture of the Praetorians, they had these massive helmets that they wore, and they wore a breastplate of armor. They, they had a belt in every area they tried to protect. They had a big shield that they carried and a, a massive sword that they would use. They would have shoes that would protect their feet, and they would go into battle together 
and they would march in a unit, and they were a fearsome force to, to that point in history. And that's why the Roman Empire stretched all over much of the known world is because they were an unstoppable force. They took that armor, and they bound together with their brothers, and they conquered everyone. So also, we can have victory, but it requires us actively putting on this armor. What is the armor? Let's read about it first, and then I'll break it down. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I would suggest to you the four, first four pieces are what I would call defensive armor. What are they? The belt of truth. He says first, the belt that around the midsection, if you've ever done CrossFit, which is sweeping the nation, I've yet not to give in. If you're doing the CrossFit exercises, what are y'all laughing about? <laughs> doing CrossFit exercises, it focuses on the torso. It focuses on the core. The core of our body is where our, all our strength comes from. The belt would protect the core, it was a, a massive thing for a Praetorian soldier. Uh, here he says, though, it's a belt not made of metal, it's a belt of truth for the believer. It is in the truth, the truth from God's word, the truth from God's character, his spirit instills in us that enables us to, to go into the battle knowing we are on the side of right. The truth is something that is completely uh, objective. It's not subjective. One of the great problems we have in our culture today that, that sometimes, uh, let's be honest, influences us is that many people say truth is subjective. What's true for you is not necessarily true for me. Well, God's word gives us objective truth. Uh, the way that things are according to the maker of all the universe. And, and so that belt of truth gives us armor uh, in the battle. He then talks about the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate covered the internal organs in the chest, the heart, the lungs. It, it kept those vital organs protected. Righteousness, the righteousness that God desires to have in each one of us to grow and to fill each of us. This is a breastplate for the believer in the fight. 30, he talks about the gospel of peace. Uh, these are the shoes that are, are fitted. The scripture tells us we are to carry the gospel to everyone that we can. That's why we, uh, as we do here, we support missionary efforts all over the globe. We, we send folks out to talk and to, to preach to folks who don't know yet. But make no mistake, each one of us are missionaries. Each one of us have a gospel of peace as well that we can share and even more we can embody with others as we have daily contact with them. This, uh, these shoes, as we walk, we carry the gospel with us and the shield of faith, 
which can extinguish the arrows of the evil one. In those times, arrows were a dangerous weapon. Those arrows could pierce some of them, uh, particularly from the long bows of the later years in the medieval time. Uh, they were so uh, powerfully projected uh, that they could pierce certain types of armor. But the shield made of, of solid uh, metal, it, it could stop those arrows that were lit on fire. Those shields are important. Make no mistake, uh, the devil and his demons are crafty. They know each one of us have weaknesses. All of us have different temptations. What's tempting to you perhaps is not tempting to me. But make no mistake, we have the capacity, if we believe faith, if we allow God to to grow that faith in us, we have the capacity to to thwart, to, to ward off those arrows, those temptations. None of us have to be like the famous Flip Wilson line, the devil made me do it. None of us have to give in to temptation. With God's shield of faith, his armor, we can be victorious. Put on the full armor of God. Again, another command. I wonder today, which pieces of armor for you are strong suits? No pun intended. Which pieces of armor are you good at? And which pieces of armor perhaps have you fallen lax? Faith? Peace, truth, righteousness. We need those defensive armors in place as we fight this battle. And then he says the third command is stand and fight. Stand and fight. Verses 11 and then 17 through 20. <clears throat> Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then down to verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains." Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Here, I think he transitions to offensive armor. I would suggest to you the best defense in the spiritual battle that all of us face, the best defense is a good offense. You know, some of us are more wired like that than others to be aggressive. Uh, some of us have that, and, and some of us more are laid back. But make no mistake, there are some offensive weapons that God equips you with in the armor of God. The first is this helmet of salvation. It's a proactive weapon. Are several proactive weapons that God gives us, the helmet of salvation. You see, I think one of the greatest ways that the devil in his scheme, his spiritual battles that we face, he causes us to question our identity. He causes us to question, are we really Christian or not? Are we really children of God or not? The helmet protected the brain, the mind, without which any of us cannot live. The helmet 
this helmet of salvation that God gives us is to guard our mind, like it says in several places in Scripture. The proverb says to guard our mind, for it is the wellspring of life. The helmet of salvation, though, it can be used, I think, offensively and should be. With this knowledge of our identity as a child of God, with this knowledge of our identity that we are on the winning side, as Rich was talking about earlier in Revelation, it says that ultimately God's side will win. With that knowledge, with that helmet of salvation, uh, we can deliver a headbutt to the enemy and his schemes. The helmet of salvation. And then he talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Why it's so important to study and to know the words of God. Because this is our sword. This is what enables us to go on the offensive. This is what enables us to discern what is true and what is not. Enables us to stand and to be victorious. To help us, ourselves and others who are facing the battle to know which is the right way to go, which is the wrong way. You know, it's uh, rewarding for me. Uh, I have lots of demands on my time, just as all of us do. It's rewarding for me to, to do some counseling. I do a little bit of counseling to augment our other counselor efforts here. And, uh, and always when those situations come up, what I bring to the table, uh, hopefully, is a, a knowledge of a lot of, of God's truth that can speak to life situations, that can help to bring the sword of the Spirit to bear to that problem. Friends, I commend to you the study and the memorization of God's Word, for it is the sword, our armor, against and in the spiritual battle. These fearsome swords of Praetorians, they were forged in iron. They could cut through the defenses of the enemies. So, too, does God's word help you in the battle to, to cut through and to achieve victory in that battle? Knowing the truth, the objective truth of God's word enables you to go on the offensive. And then thirdly here, our proactive weapon is prayer power. Prayer power. The last verses here sometimes are not included in the armor, but I, I believe they should be. Verses 18 through 20. I'm going to read them again. I want you to listen carefully. Again, these are all imperatives. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So it's not only praying for ourselves, which we should do, but intercessing, praying for others. All of us are in the battle. All of us have loved ones who are in the battle as well. We pray for ourselves in the fight. We pray for others in the fight. Pray also for me. Paul's asking for their prayers for him that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Prayer. Friends, it's important for us to, to be continually praying, as it tells us in 1 Thessalonians. If the ultimate power is spiritual, that prayer is activated 
It's enabled by the prayers of God's people. It's important for us to develop comprehensive armor. And this prayer power, make no mistake, is a, a crucial part of the armor. So, who is the enemy? As I've said, I think Satan is and his demons. But oftentimes they work through people. What battles do our country face? We know the hot spots, the trouble spots. What battles do we face as a church? And sadly, I think oftentimes in Christendom, we choose and we focus on enemies that aren't really enemies. So oftentimes, I think we focus on uh, squabbling and fighting with other people who believe just differently than we do. Instead of understanding that, that there are, are powerful forces that are arrayed against Christ, against his truth, against his church today. A lot of them we can identify by isms, secularism, humanism. In the past and still extant some places in the world, communism. But make no mistake, friends, the enemy is not other Christians. It is a battle against those who oppose Christ. This week we had the opportunity, and uh, I've appreciated it greatly, we had the opportunity to share lunch with a staff at First Baptist Church across town. And we met and, and visited together. Uh, we had a great time of camaraderie. They believe some things differently than we do, but they are not the enemy. They are brothers and sisters in Christ. We face many forces which would undermine the church of God. And I believe so oftentimes, perhaps because we've gotten weary, perhaps because our attention has been diverted, perhaps because we've given into temptation ourselves, we weakly resist and fight back. Perhaps we need to hear the old words of the old hymn. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ, the royal master, leads against the foe, forward into battle, see his banners go. All at the sign of triumph, Satan's host stop flee. On then, Christian soldiers, on to victory. Hell's foundations quiver at the shout of praise, brothers, Lift your voices, loud your anthems raise. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body we. One in hope and doctrine. One in charity. I'm going to say what I've said before. And believe it or not, people said to me not to do it. They've told me not to do this before. But I say this to you. I, I, I say this, I stand before you today and I say, Satan, bring it on. Bring it on. 
Because my God is much bigger than you are. And I say this to you. If you in your life now are in a lull, you're in a valley, you're losing the battle, you have the full armor of God. You have brothers and sisters to stand and fight with. Do not lay down. Stand and fight. Let the church of God rise and be the church of God. Fathers, we think about these things. Let us buckle up. Let us realize the battle is real. Spiritual warfare is all around us. Perhaps, Father, we have been compromising. Perhaps we have not engaged in the fight. I pray this day that we have been awakened. We've been girded with your strength with your power that we would fight. I thank you for your armor. I thank you for its power. I thank you, Father, that we can pray for one another. We can take up your word, your truth, your gospel, your peace, your salvation, your sword of the Spirit, and we can engage and even be victorious in these battles in the heavenly realms. I thank you, Father, this day that we can grow in faith. And I pray that you're doing just that. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.